0: The duty solicitor witnesses the lowest moments of human life, moments of fear, of remorse, of confusion, and anger but it's also an emotional journey for the solicitor. No visit to the police cells is ever taken lightly. Here, for the first time, are the stories and very personal observations of one such legal representative. Stories taken from real life and capturing human frailty at its most tested. The investigating officer told me they didn't want to deal with her straight away as she had defecated on her clothes whilst in her cell. Mercifully, by the time I saw her, there was no smell. She was nearing her sixties and had asked for a cup of tea. Great streams of spit dangled from her mouth every time she spoke, streams of the stuff, not too dissimilar to the long strings of mucus that unite pieces of food when vomited from your mouth. The speed of her delivery was matched by the energy at which her spittle shot from her mouth. Spitting and streaming, (laughs) quite a combination. Her tea contained the five sugars she had asked for. She smiled. I tried not to stare at the one front tooth she had remaining. Kind of reminded me of Grotbags, You know, that character from the children's TV show of the same name. Brilliantly played by the late Carol Lee Scott. Anyway, I digress. Just looking at her made me want to heave. But I was mesmerised, watching the spittle flowing into her cup. It didn't deter her one bit. I don't even think she noticed. She drank her tea as eagerly as a dog drinking water after a long walk. Her skin was like black porcelain. It wasn't blotchy like mine. It was just one evenly toned, smooth, all-round colour of matte, pure black. In another life, she could have been a Nubian queen, with the addition of a full set of gnashes, of course, and not the drug-addled vagrant sitting before me, arrested for possession of Class A, the particulars being caught smoking a rock of crack on the streets of South London. "'What do you want me to say?' she barked in her raspy, hoarse London accent. "'Some people like a drink. "'Others like to smoke spice.' I like crack. Don't waste your time on me, bruv. They're going to charge me whatever. Whatever I say, I'll be remanded tonight in court in the morning. By tomorrow afternoon, I'll be released. And by the evening, I'll be on the street smoking crack. Simple as that. (laughs) When they arrested me, they asked me what I was going to do with the crack. (coughs) I told him I was going to ease it, made him laugh, fucking jokers. She finished her tea and I rang the buzzer. I watched her diminutive frame shuffle out of the consultation room, shrouded in a police blanket, being escorted to her cell by the jailer. I didn't even ask her why she was on crack at her age, what her life experiences were or elicited anything from her background to put forward by way of mitigation for her lawyers at court. She had given up, and rather disappointingly, so had I. Three ten-year-old boys who, by rights, have no business being here, but have been tea-leafing in John Lewis's, are on the ramp waiting to be booked in. Next to them, a young man rocking to and fro on the bench, dried blood on his face, groaning in the direction of the officer standing guard. Behind the young man, an old lady, probably not that old, but cracks not great for the wrinkles, shouting at the top of her voice, You stupid bitch! to a female undercover officer who presumably has just nicked her. The handcuffed old deer is now biting and spitting at the officer, a uniformed officer shouts at her, You've just bitten a police officer, so I'm further arresting you on suspicion of assaulting a police officer. You do not have to say anything, but it may harm your defence. Blah, blah, blah. And before she can form her next ball of spit, other officers flood in, rush the old deer to the floor and bundled her into a nearby cell, probably to be strip-searched under restraints. Oh, the indignity. Meanwhile, A bearded, undercover Asian police officer... God, I love the Met. ...wearing a baseball cap, radio in his back pocket, and blue gloves at the ready. Rolls his eyes as he is about to search the pockets of his suspect, who appears to have about ten pairs of trousers on. Oops. Was that a wrap? I just saw fall out of one of the many pockets of his suspect. Hmm. Dilemma, dilemmas. Do I... Alert my Asian brother, be a model citizen and help the police incriminate this suspect. Or do I play the game, bide my time and hope there's a treat in store for me later when I surreptitiously pick it up as I leave the station? The officer looks at me in that knowing, rolling his eyes kind of way. We exchange a smile and I look down at my files, readying myself for the night's duty ahead. This Nick is going to be a bitch tonight. Welcome to Armageddon. I'm in a small room with a police officer about to deal with a client who has been arrested for assaulting two security guards. According to the disclosure, my client has spat at the first security guard and then called him the N-word. He has then pushed security guard number two Telling him to, and I quote, Go away, you fucking black nigger! Client has then shouted within the earshot of members of the public that the grandfather of security guard number two came over to this country to clean the shoes of the client's grandfather, and then is heard shouting that he doesn't want to be anywhere near black people! This has been disclosed to me by the leading officer in the case sitting across the table, who has a Nigerian-sounding name and is surprisingly darker in skin colour than me. As the officer is going through the disclosure, nothing personal is said between us, as he has his job to do and I have mine. But I notice his smile is beginning to widen as much as mine which I guess will be in sharp contrast to the look on my client's face when he is brought into the room and claps eyes on the pair of us two. Hashtag instant karma. Brief Tales was read and written by Ray Brown, produced by Tempest Productions... Studio production was by Mark Lingwood.